This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to another edition of Mark Madden's Madden Money Bets on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, also known as Mark Madden's Gambling Fever. I know I've got a fever, or at least quite a rash going on after a good week last week. Mark is in Vegas, so he's probably doing a lot of betting in person. You can do it anywhere via the Bet Rivers app. Download it today if you haven't done so already. BetRivers.com is your place to go as well. If you want to set up an account, that's the way to do it. Tim Benz with Shirtless Tom. Tom, have you lost your shirt gambling this year at all? Yeah, I've been taking baths a lot this year. In fact, we... Uh, have you? Yes. When I was on this podcast before you jumped on it, Tim, we used to do the best bet with Mark, and I believe I was like one in three in the best bets. So, not looking too good. But you know what the best way to dig out of a hole is? Keep betting. I'll give you my best bets right off the top because they relate to the Steelers. And they're not out yet, and it doesn't matter. I'm going with sacks, well, at least between two or three guys. You got to figure if it's over a half, under a half, you know, that sort of I'm going over on sacks for Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward. I bet you Malik Reed even gets a sack this week for the Steelers because they're going up against the Jets. The Jets have no tackles to speak of. The Jets' offensive line is decimated on the outside. Hayward's due to break out. Highsmith's been fairly steady. He had three sacks in the first game. Well, nobody did anything against the Patriots. Then he had a sack and a half against the Browns in the second game. Zach Wilson is coming in to make his first start. He likes to run. He likes to scramble around in the pocket to keep plays alive. He led the NFL, I believe, in sack yards lost last year in only 13 games as a starter. I think he's going to have some pocket rust. I think that's going to lead to the Steelers managing to, for the first time in the last two years without T.J. Watt, play like they have T.J. Watt on the field. I think other players in the pass rush department will pick up the slack and we'll see. If you want to find a sack total for the Jets, I would go over three, three and a half, uh, meaning Sacks sustained by Zach Wilson, sacks registered by the Steelers, depending how you bet it, uh, depending on how the verbiage is for your outlet of choice. Hopefully it is here at Bet Rivers, but 
that's where I'm leading. Um, I would also lean, Tom, with the Steelers to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah, It's at minus 107 right now. Uh, if you want to slide it, I decided to slide it and pay a little bit more just for the sake of comfort to get under the field goal. So I got it down at minus 155 at two-and-a-half. Uh, I think it's worth it. Um, you know, the Steelers just playing the way that they are. I don't feel great about giving anything more than a field goal ever. But thinking about it, maybe I could have just gone with the three and a half. Whatever. I think you get in and you get in now on the Steelers because the closer you get to game time on this one, I actually think that point spread is going to go up. Yeah, I believe you too. What's the old adage they always say in gambling, Tim? The home team gives three points just automatically, like right off the jump. That's what they when they yes. adjust the line. So really, Vegas thinks the Steelers are about a half a point better than the Jets on a neutral field. I think they're wrong about that. I think the Steelers are better than a half a point on a neutral field than the Jets. I think they can win this game by six, maybe a touchdown, maybe 10 points if, you know, Things go the right way defensively. And as far as your sacks bets, I couldn't love them anymore because on top of everything you said with the Jets, if their game plan sticks to what it has been the previous three weeks, and maybe it does change a little bit because Zach Wilson's in, they pass the ball more than any team in the NFL. So you're going to get more than enough opportunities to cash those overs on the sack totals. I'll give you another one to watch. And I think if you can get this anywhere, and I'm looking right now on the Thursday night game between the Bengals and the Dolphins, and I don't see anything up yet. But if you can find a place, whatever your game of choice, doesn't matter. Bet penalties in the over. I think we're (laughs) going to see a lot of flags this week. I think the NFL is upset that there's a lack of scoring going on right now. I believe the NFL wants to correct that. And even though it's not yards that's given to an individual player or team, I think you're going to see pass interference penalties to keep drives alive. I think you're going to see late hits on the quarterback, roughing the passer penalties to keep drives alive and eat up yardage. I think you're going to see defensive holds. I think you're going to see anything that you can think of that's a penalty against the defense or maybe – Another way to say it, on the offensive side of the ball, you're not going to see holds. You're not going to see false starts in the tackles. They've been getting away with that all season as it is anyway. Every game I watch, the left and right tackles are moving early, and they're set up in a pocket as it is. They're so far off the line of scrimmage. That's going to become, I think, even more egregious. You're going to see OPIs get away with that all day on the offensive side of the ball. That's my belief. I would bet over on penalties, specifically defensive penalties, if you can get it. And I think you're going to see a boost in scoring because scoring is down across the league, not only on average compared to what it was last year, but even by a lot of comps. If you look at the first three weeks, if you look at the month of September, if you look at a commensurate start to other seasons in years gone by, you are seeing a lot of points Left on the field, you're seeing unders hit all over the place. And the NFL doesn't like that. The NFL likes points. It likes action. It likes its fantasy players engaged. Um, So maybe this is a week where you start going with some overs. But so far, Tom, the unders have really hit a ton this year in the NFL. Yeah, so do you think that you can get maybe a week or two of exploiting a, a minor market inefficiency when these refs are mandated by the league to, you know, start calling things to be more conducive to offensive uh, 
gains and scoring a lot more in these games that maybe, you know, you can get an over that isn't exactly where it should be. Like Dolphins Bengals being at 48 and a half tonight. And I know by the time most people listen to this, the, the game will already be being played. But just looking at that as an example for like a case study, I would assume that that would be over 50. I mean, those two teams can score a lot. I know the Bengals have struggled more than the Dolphins have this year at putting points on the board, but I think they kind of woke up last week and now they get some home cooking against the Dolphins team that's exhausted. So maybe you get some favorable, you know, numbers in the over-under department and you can exploit, you know, on the overs for a week or two until Vegas catches up to more explosive offense mandated by the that's league a and tough the refs. One. Yeah, I mean, like the trends so far. Here, I'll give you some over-under trends so far, and this particularly relates to the primetime game. Uh, unders right now are 30 and 18. Oh. They are 7-3 and three in primetime. And what you're seeing, and maybe this is exactly what you're pointing to, Tom, you're seeing a lot of lines correct to the trend of being lower, and that's baiting more money in on the overs. And that's part of the reason why I'm sure the house is winning because people still like to bet overs as opposed to unders. They're just more fun to bet. People don't like betting on the under and rooting against action or at times rooting against their own team to not score because you've got the under. Right. So that's always taken into account when the over-under line is set. But as I read online this week, you're seeing on average the over-under lines set a lot lower because the action the, the action of the games are going that way but the action of the money is still coming in on the over and if you can bait people into it they're going to do it yes. um, particularly in prime time here's a crazy number last year if you want to bet the first half last year prime time first half games 33 to 21 on the under that was 61% that's a big number in gambling. Yeah, it's a huge number. And you're right about baiting people in because it's so easy to take overs, right? The unders are the bets that make you cringe every time because you're essentially rooting for bad football or you're rooting for sloppy play. And no one wants to go through that naturally. They want to have a high-scoring, explosive game in. The other thing about the over is it's technically never dead. You know, you get to overtime. Maybe you get an extra, you know, sale. You can get another touchdown on the board and you can cash that over. So... I agree with what you're saying is that they might be dropping this down with an eye knowing that people are going to be taking those overs and still expect the unders to cash for a week or two. The number I picked for the Steelers game this week is 22 to 13 Steelers. So I guess I'm at the under 41 and a half there mm -hmm. then. Um, I don't know what you've got for a total, but I'm feeling like the Steelers with Wilson coming in rusty. And like I said, the problems that the Jets are going to have when it comes to protecting against the Steelers' pass rush, even without Watt, uh, I think the Steelers actually play ahead a little bit in this game, which will help them on both fronts. But I think the score stays suppressed. And I don't think the Steelers still put up a ton of points. I'm not expecting that. I'm just expecting it to be a little bit better. Um, I've got it below the 41 and a half, and I think that number comes down while the point spread in favor of the Steelers goes up. How about you? Yeah, I don't have the Steelers scoring just as much as that, but I still have them covering the spread and that under cashing. I got it more around like 16 to 10, maybe 19 to 10, something like that. A lot of field goals for Boswell. You know what's one bet that I've really liked so far this year in NFL games on the uh, Bet River Sportsbook, Tim, is the exact winning margin prop that you can do. 
you get a lot of favorable odds for that. Like you have to nail it exactly. So like for example, the Steelers to win between with a margin between 1 or 6 is plus 370. And I think that's a lot of value for what's most likely going to be the winning margin. And then if you wanted to cover all your bases and put a little bit more on Steelers to win by at least 7 to 12 points, that goes off at plus 460 right now on betrivers.com. So I think you could put a little bit on both of those. And do you think you'd feel comfortable in the Steelers winning by a margin of 1 through 12? Yes. So I think you're going to cash at least one of those. And there's enough juice there to cover your loss on the other one, whichever one doesn't hit. Because their defense isn't going to pitch a shutout, you know, and at some point the Jets are going to look at the game film and say, hey, we can run on these guys if we keep it up the middle, even if our tackles can't block. Yes. Maybe they'll make the game move. Uh, The Steelers aren't quick strike scoring. We know that. You know, one thing I am thinking is going to happen is there's going to be a short field or a defensive touchdown again. So that'll cosmetically boost the point total. And that might speak to where you and I actually agree on this in that I don't think the Steelers offense is going to score 22 points, but I bet you at least six or seven of those points are going to come because the defense does something, whether that's a defensive touchdown or they set up a short field and the offense only has to go 25 yards or so or something like that. Um, I think there's a lot of truth to what Alan Fanica said last week about how the Steelers offense is approaching things. Like when he was talking to Jason McCourty on the NFL Network, he said, hey, look, you're a defensive guy. You know how this works. You can bend but not break on a defensive drive. And then all of a sudden, where it feels like it's tense, but you've got only 20 more yards of grass to give up in the red zone, suddenly becomes a lot easier to defend. Right. And that's the way the Steelers are playing the whole time right now. That was his analysis, <laughs> that the Steelers are basically constantly playing like they're in the red zone. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, and I think that's how they get themselves into trouble. Yeah, no question. I mean, they have to utilize the middle of the field more. That's just not, that's the easiest, you know, basic 101 thing of analysis with the Steelers right now is what do they need to do more in the offense? Well, they need to use more of the middle of the field. They can't keep putting themselves in that box that Alex Fanica was explaining about. And, you know, in basketball, I played basketball a lot growing up. They always used to coach, use the sideline as an extra defender. Well, that's kind of what the Steelers' offense is doing with a lot of these wide receivers is not only do they have to worry about the actual defender draped all over them and getting open from them, it's they've got this white chalk on their left side or their right side that they have to worry about dragging a toe in or making sure that they don't step out of bounds and come back inbounds. It's They need to use the middle of the field more. They need, And this is the perfect game to do it in. I, the Jets are better than they ever have been, I guess, in the past couple of years. They're, they're improving somewhat talent-wise, but this is a defense that you can attack and should attack. Here's a bet I'm going to make tonight. Defensive player of the month, Melvin Ingram, oh. plus 100 to get over half a sack. Oh, God, that probably stings for Steelers Nation out there, doesn't it? That he's been playing now, so well. It, he's a touchdown a on the year. Off- yeah, it is a bit offset by the fact that Highsmith has four and a half sacks, so you can look at it that way. Like, you know, but either way, even if Ingram did play the whole year in Pittsburgh, he wasn't going to stay and they weren't going to sign him to keep him, right? Well, especially if, you know, he was mad that Highsmith was getting reps. If the Steelers said, suck it up and didn't, you know, trade him to Kansas City, you're right. He's not going to sign back with the hopes of, if I didn't beat out Highsmith this year, maybe I'll do it next year. He would have been long gone anyway. I'm going to take the Bengals tonight, though, minus three and a half. Me because, too. Uh, you know, there's this, which theory do you buy? Do you buy the 
Tua's going to win it for all the people in Florida that are going through the hurricane because he was talking about that? Or do you buy that the Dolphins are gassed after playing against the Bills and that you know, back and forth heavyweight slugfest in a hundred degree heat. I'm going with the latter on a quick week and a turnaround on the road. Yeah, definitely the latter. And going up against an offense like that, I mean, you've got three stud wide receivers that you're going to have to keep track of. After what happened against Buffalo, a hundred degree weather, you know, the thing that they did well against Josh Allen was they kept him on the field a lot and they kind of wore himself out by doing what an upwards of 90 snaps offensively. But that means that the Dolphins defense had 90 snaps defensively as well. And I just think they're going to be worn down and Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to put up uh, enough to cover the three and a half spread at least. All right, let's get to college. Uh, Pitt is minus 22. The over under is 49 right now in the Georgia tech game. Uh, Pitt is plus 1,200 to win the ACC. That's not a bad bet if it's still plus 1,200 because basically then I think, Tom, you're getting plus 1,200 odds on them winning the ACC title game. <laughs> That's essentially what you're getting because <laughs> they're going to win that, that division. That won't be the money line if it's Clemson, Florida State, no. whoever they meet. That will not be the money right. line. Yes, yeah, so I think you're getting better odds now than you will when the game actually comes out because they're going to win that division. You'd think so. They are pit, though, Tim, so they tend to pit themselves a lot. And maybe your orange can come in and have a little something to do with that pitting when they visit eh. Akershore Stadium. They tried to Syracuse themselves against Virginia, and Virginia just wouldn't let it happen. Isn't, you know? it, isn't it great when you can use your school as a verb? So uh, when you know, <laughs> that's how miserable both of us are as a fan base, is that our schools, yeah, Syracuse we Syracuse ourselves. Lo- We're going to pit ourselves. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, they've done it twice now. They've gotten lucky because the other team did something stupid at the end of the game, and that's allowed them to stay unbeaten. I'll take it because I'm just so not used to them being 4-0 or 5-0. <laughs> so I'll take it while I can get it for sure. But I don't think there's anything real to this aside from the fact that they're better to the point that they might be a 7-win team and go to a bowl. But um, They should win the, you know, the Georgia though. Tech hey, thing. You're right about Georgia that. Tech, I wouldn't touch this game at all at minus 22. Would you? Uh, it's tough to bet on Pitt to win by that much, especially because Georgia Tech is dreadful against the run, and Signetti has showed so far this year that when a team stinks against the run, he's going to run the ball a lot. I mean, they you thought the Steelers' offense doesn't go down the field. You should have seen the Pitt offense against Rhode Island. It was as vanilla as it could get. So I think that's going to be the same game plan here. That can be tough to put up enough points to cover a 22-point spread when you're running the ball a lot. That being said, like I just mentioned, Georgia Tech's dreadful against the run, so maybe Abanaconda has another big game, and maybe they can stretch it to a 24-27 point victory. I would no bet this, but if you forced me to, I think I'd lay the points with Pitt. Georgia Tech, especially with Georgia Tech's coach getting fired, that's such a tough transition for them. You know, firing the coach yeah. and all that. You know, do they do the rally rally for the coach in his absence kind of thing? I, I don't know. You know, does it wake him up? Does it fire him up? Like, these emotionally jaded games I try to stay away from. Um, but I, I would like to get in on a pit right now at plus 1,200 to win the ACC. Just throw a little on it, maybe get a big payoff if they pull an upset in they, the ACC title game. Do you know uh, in front of you, are they the favorite to win the Coastal right now? I would have to imagine they are. Uh, I can what, bring that up, but I don't know if they actually, I haven't seen divisional Divisional breakdowns like that. But I would almost imagine that they'd have to be, right? Because the only thing I see them for is for the conference and for the NCAA football championship. That's it. And I mean, to win the whole thing, boy, the pit is at plus twenty five thousand right now, Tom. If you want to get in, get 25, that in. Oh, I definitely want to get Panthers. in on that. 
It's uh, amazing to me that Miami is plus 500 to win the conference overall right now. Yeah, and I don't know where they are. Oh, my gosh. Syracuse is plus 15,000 to win it all. Well, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, if you just by, you know, I don't think that we see it there, but if Miami's plus 500 and Pitt's plus 1,200 to win the conference outright, Miami's still the favorite in the betting eyes in the Coastal, which I think that's an oversight. Uh, Penn State is 25 and a half over Northwestern. WVU is getting nine against Texas. Do you like any of them to cover either of them to cover? <sighs> Penn State's kind of that same thing as Pitt, right? Where you really would rather not bet this in any direction because how much do you trust Northwestern with 25 and a half points? If I had to, I'd go Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald. So would I. I would take Northwestern. Yeah, Pat Fitzgerald's experienced coach. I don't think Northwestern's any good, but I think they're good enough to you know score a touchdown or get to 13, 14 points on the board and, and cover a 25.5 point spread. And I'd actually take the Mountaineers against Texas. So would I. Not to win outright, but I think that they'll definitely cover the nine-point spread. JT Daniels is a pretty decent quarterback, and he's given them some pretty good quarterback play. I mean, the game they lost to Kansas was not his fault. He kept up with Kansas's high-powered offense, and I don't say that sarcastically, the entire game. And he really played well against Pitt as well in the backyard brawl. Bryce Ford Wheaton just dropped the biggest pass of the game, and Pitt took it into the end zone. So I think they actually have a bit of a quarterback advantage here in West Virginia. So I think they'll cover that. By the way, back to my penalty point. Dale and I looked up the crew today. Brad Rogers' crew will be calling this or working the Steelers Jets game. They've called seven defensive pass interference penalties and three <laughs> defensive holding penalties in three games. They've called the third most penalties overall this season with forty-one in three games. So, so that's you feel pretty that's comfortable. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel comfortable. If you could find penalties and the over this week in a lot of games, particularly now the Steelers game at home against the Jets. Uh, and I think you're going to see two. Well, the the tackles, I think they're just going to let them go and hold all the time. And that that does concern me. Maybe the Steelers' advantage that I talked about is a bit neutered there because of that. But uh, I th- still think they they throw a ton when it comes to defense. And, uh, you know, for as good as that secondary is, as talented as that secondary is for the Jets, they've allowed some big plays and they have had some blown assignments. Yeah, I think they give up the uh, most yards per completion, uh, or the 31st most. They're 31st in the league as far as yards allowed to opposing wide receivers, and they allow that position to score a touchdown like 12% of the time. They're not good at covering wide receivers. It should be a big day for Claypool, Pickens, and Deontay. If the Steelers' offense lets it be a big day for Claypool, Pickens, and Deontay. But that's a pretty big roadblock getting in the way is the Steelers' own offense. Yeah, somebody's going to get loose for the Jets, too, I think. I mean, everybody's going gaga over Wilson. I know that. Um, but you are you might not see Witherspoon. Um, we're taping up before we get the injury report right now from the Steelers, but we don't know his status. If he can't go, and even if he goes and he's compromised, I don't like that. But then likely what you're going to see is Wallace probably more in the slot exclusively and Sutton exclusively outside. Um, someone's going to put up some decent numbers, if nothing else, some cosmetic yardage at the end, I think, for the Jets. Yeah, maybe like a Brees Hall breaks a big run like for 40 yards or something. Like what? I was thinking more like a receiver gets some okay. garbage yards. But yeah, I mean, like... The, I mean, the I Steelers' defense isn't inspiring much confidence in them stopping the run, though, so... Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I don't know how the Jets would deploy their two running backs because they have just been so uninclined to run they've been so reliant yes. on the pass even though 
I think they do have two good runners and they do have a, the strength of their team along the offensive line is more on the interior and the Steelers don't stop the run very well at all. So I, I don't know. Why, why wouldn't you run the ball quite a bit, right? Yeah, that should be the game plan. I mean, it's obvious. Like when you're trying to devise what you're going to do, you script your first couple drives for the OC for the Jets. That's the thing that should be jumping right off the page to you is that we've got two running backs that we've invested in uh, draft picks the past two years. We need to use these guys against the Steelers. And especially with how bad our tackles are, our pass protection might be absolute garbage in this game. So let's keep the Steelers defense on their heels and let's win the battle in the run blocking game. Uh, did you have Aaron Judge hitting a homer last night, Tom? I'm just glad he did. Could you imagine if he went through what would it have been like two straight weeks and not hit that home run and he would have had to go into the offseason at number 60? Because then you know what would have happened is he would have hit like three home runs in the first playoff game. And it would have just been like, are you kidding me? Like, of course. But I'm happy They've he did got it. three I, more games to go, right? And Sorry, I think three, he's going to yeah, pass seven. him. I think he's going to hit yeah. 62, maybe even 63. You know, it, it's getting from 60 to 61 that was the big problem. Now I bet the floodgates open a little bit. He's got three more games left to go against the Orioles, then I think it's four against the Rangers. That's so right. So he's going to get there. I still consider Bonds the all-time home run champ. If it wasn't illegal in baseball at the time, and it wasn't, then I don't hold it against the steroid guys for the numbers that they put up. I'm not doing this mental asterisk thing with Aaron Judge. Are you? I'm not. It's also easier to talk yourself into what Judge is doing being such a great feat because you can just make it league-specific. And you can be like, well, this is the AL home run record. We're not concerned about the MLB one overall. Yeah, suddenly we care about the leagues yes, again after we're separating years things of interleague play or again. whatever. Correct. <laughs> hey, All right, be- that'll do wait, it. Wait, before we wrap up, I gotta, yeah. let me throw one more best bet by you for college football. This is the one that I love the most this week, and I think you're going to be right there with me. Wake Forest is plus seven at Florida State. I don't know if Florida State's offense can keep up with Wake's offense. And Florida State's defense has got dudes, but Wake Forest getting seven points, that's one of the best offenses in the country. If anything that Clemson still has this year is a decent to good defense, and they struggled mightily against Sam Hartman and Wake Forest. So if you're giving that offense seven points, I'm definitely going to take that, even though it's on the road. And the next hockey bet that I make on the Penguins will be under for the power play goals. Under half a power play goal. <laughs> That's very safe. That's minus 700 to cash, I think. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. Mark will be back next week. This is Mark Madden's Madden Money Bets on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network. BetRivers.com and wherever you find your podcasts.